together. So right now, if you uh, didn't know this, if today's your very first day, while we're here, Summit Hazard, uh, there's also Summit Whitesburg. So every Sunday, Summit Whitesburg is meeting, and man, celebrate that. Uh, 17 people in the past 13 weeks have given their life to Jesus uh, there, and that, man, we just give God the glory for it. That's an awesome thing as, uh, man, lives are being changed over there in Letcher County right now, and so, uh, so we're excited for it. Hey, uh, if today is your very first day, my name is Mark. I'm the pastor here, and we're just excited to have you. Hey, if you uh, are new, uh, we always want to point people to what you got when you walked in. Hopefully, you got uh, one of our connection cards when you walked in today, and if you could take that connection card uh, here in just a little bit, that's a really valuable thing here because what it's going to enable you to do is we believe that every person that's in the room right now, God brought you here today, okay? Now, I genuinely believe that. That's not like preacher talk or nothing like that. I I genuinely believe that you're uh, not here on accident. I think that God's got something for you today. And I'll tell you what, on the back of that connection card, anything that God does in your life today, decision you make or or anything that God does in your life, we want to know about it. And so you can let us know about it on the back of that card. And in just a little bit when we receive the offering, you can drop those cards in there. But I tell you what, if you are a first-time guest with us today, if you could take your connection card at the end of church out there to the table to the right, that's our welcome table. We've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests. And if you're a returning guest, we'd love to connect with you in a really unique way. I've got something for you that I do called First Steps. Uh, We just meet right up here. It takes about five minutes after church. So if you've been coming to Summit for a while... And you want to say you're, you're want to, you want to know how can you get connected, plugged in, meet new people? Why don't you come up here? I'll be right up front. I've got something real special that I want to give to all of our returning guests, just to, some info about how to get plugged in here. But wow, that light just came on, and I know that I'm now blind, and I'm certain that what's reflecting off of my forehead is not helping you either. Wow, can we turn that light off? If that's the only way that we can have church, I'll just cancel it. We'll try it next Sunday. That, oh, there we go. There you are. Wow. That was, I felt, I didn't know, show me your glory. I didn't know if like God just, God's glory filled the, I was like, I see it. I see it. Oh, it's just the light. Um, sorry. Sorry. Sometimes I hallucinate. Um, but uh, if you're a returning guest, love to stick, for you to stick around. First step, if you can't stick around at all, uh, t- take your card out there to the welcome table because we got uh, something really cool for our, all of our returning guests there as well. All right, guys, we are in part two of a series we started last week called The Future Me. And what we're doing in this series is um, we are talking about this big idea that the Bible calls sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification is the process of God making us like Jesus. So if you are a follower of Jesus, that is what God is doing in your life right now. Maybe you are totally aware of that. You say, man, I feel God working in my life, or you don't feel God working in your life at all. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's what God is doing in you. God is sanctifying you. He is making you more like Jesus. Jesus. And what, we, uh, what we're doing in this series is we're really looking at this picture right here. This image is kind of driving us during this series. And we talked about it last week. If you missed it, you can go check it out on our website or download it on our app. But over here is who I used to be. This, this represents our lives before we met Jesus. So before we got saved, whatever that might have looked like for you, we all start here. We're born separated from God, and so every one of us starts on this side of who I used to be. And then something happens, and we give our lives to Jesus. And when we give our lives to Jesus, God forgives us, and God does and says some radical, amazing things about our lives as followers of Jesus. So, so God forgives us for our sins, and God says, we talked about this a little bit last week, God says we're not guilty 
Because Jesus took the guilt on himself. God says you're absolutely free. God says you're absolutely forgiven. God says, right over here, who God says I am. God says some amazing things about our lives. But what we talked about last week is that you and I live in the middle. You and I live in what's called the gap. And the gap is the place between where we are and where God wants to take us. The gap is is the place between who we say we are and who God says we are. And what we need to say again this morning, we talked about it at length last week, is while we're in the gap, there is a war inside of us as followers of Jesus, is there not? There is a war inside of us. Again, you go back and listen to it last week. We don't have time to go into all the detail we did last week, but there's a war in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, living in the gap, following Jesus is hard. Living in the gap, it is hard to trust God. Here's the thing that we're doing today. Living in the gap, it is easy to forget who God says I am, isn't it? It, Living in the gap, it's easy to forget who God says that we are and everything that God has done in our lives. In fact, living in the gap, the war in us, we said this last week, the struggle is so real that we can live and act and think like we're still on this side a lot of times, can't we? We can can live in such a way and think in such a way that we're still here even though God has saved us and everything has changed. It reminds me of of, uh, something that happens uh, to us every once in a while uh, my family and I, we moved uh, about a couple years ago, but three years ago we bought a, bought a new house uh, here, some, just, uh, just moved to another place in the, in the county. Um, but, it's, but still to this day, even though we've lived in this house for three years, still to this day, uh, there are several people, and we've called everybody, you know, you're supposed to call everybody, let them know your new address and stuff like that and all kinds of stuff. So we did that. But still to this day, there are people um, that I've been talking to for the past three years, they still send mail to my old address, and I'll call them, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times I call them, contact them, uh, threaten to harm them physically, because look how physically intimidating I am. Um, they still send it to my old address. And, and I'll talk to them, listen, I don't live there, I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. I live at this address. And, and they, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we'll fix it, we'll fix it, it'll never happen again. But inevitably, every month, mail goes to the old address. And so I just have to tell people every once in a while, repeatedly, listen, I don't live there anymore. And I think if there is one message that God might have some of you here today, it's simply that idea. That you don't live there anymore. Because see, even though in Christ, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, God gives us a new address. We are, we are who God says we are. Listen, in the gap, which is where you are right now, As a follower of Jesus, the truest thing about you is what God says about you. But it is easy to forget, we've already said, what God says about us, and it is easy to slap another label onto our lives, is it not? Right? And so a lot of us are living from the wrong label. We, we wake up in the morning and we, we talk to ourselves. We have this inner dialogue and we label ourselves. We say things to ourselves like, you're so stupid. You're so ugly. You're such a failure. You never do anything right. Anybody ever heard that before? And I'm not even talking about other people saying it to you. I'm talking about you saying it to you. Or, or, or maybe it is other people saying it to you. You are a mistake. You always drop the ball. You're not the person that your brother is, your sister is, your mom was, dad was, grandparents were. You're a failure. 
And then here's what happens. We come to church all the time and we, we, we come to church and we read the Bible or we hear a sermon and something inside of our head says, listen, do you think that God really loves you like that? There's no way. Or remember, you said last week you were going to do better and you didn't do better this week either. Do you honestly think that you can change? Do you honestly think that God can do that in your life and here we are and we still live like we still live and act and think like we used to live like we still live rather right here but God wants to say to us today you and I don't live there anymore that that we have a new address that we have a new status that we have a new identity so if you got a Bible I want you to go ahead and open it up to Romans chapter 8 we're going to be there all morning we're going to do a lot of work this morning there's going to be a lot of Bible Okay, so, uh, so go ahead and open it up on your phone. Uh, we are in Romans chapter 8. Open up a physical copy of the Word of God if you've got it. If not, it's going to be on the screen behind me. But we are in Romans chapter 8. I want you to see this new status that God gives us, this new address, this new identity that we have as followers of Jesus. So let's just start at the very beginning, all right? I want to be in Romans chapter 8, verse one. Now, we're going to come back to this verse in just a minute, but I want you to see three words at the end of Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's all read this together. Can we all read this out loud? This is one of the best verses in the Bible. Can we all read this out loud together? Let's all read it. It's going to be right there on the screen. Let's all read it out loud together. There is therefore now, say this real loud, no condemnation for those who are in, watch this, Christ Jesus. Look at those last three words. In Christ Jesus. Jesus. There, are, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's your new address. In Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. You are connected to Christ. You are united to Jesus. So, so listen to me here. If you are a Christian today, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are, doesn't matter who you are, how old or how young you might be, every follower of Jesus, you are 100% united to Jesus this morning. Right now in this room, when God looks at you, God doesn't see the week you had. God doesn't see your attitude right now. God doesn't see all the sin that's still in your life. When God looks at you, if you are in Christ, when God looks at you, God sees his son and what his son did in your place. So you're not 15% in Christ. You're not 75% in Christ. You are 100% in Christ today. So that means you're not sort of saved. You are perfectly saved today. And let me tell you why that's good news. That's good news. Let me tell you why that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Because a lot of us, when we think about spiritual growth, we think that spiritual growth is a list of things that we have to start doing now that we're Christians, don't we? So if I want to to grow spiritually, what do I do? I read my Bible, I go to church, I pray, and I give. Check that, I must be growing, right? You know this is true because if you walk up to to almost any Christian and ask them, hey, how's your your relationship with God going? Or hey, how's it going spiritually for you? Here's what 99% of Christians say. Well, it's going really good, I'm reading my Bible. It's going really good, I'm going to church. Or you know what, it stinks because I'm not going to church as much as I used to. It stinks because I'm not giving. It's not really going well, I'm not really growing. I'm not reading my Bible. And here's the problem, listen, listen, listen. Spiritual growth, yeah, there's things that you do in spiritual growth. I mean, it's just like you want to get in shape. 
You want to get in shape, you got to go to the gym. Some of you are like, I don't know, I've waited for this answer. <laughs> some of the look on your face, eat Twinkies, I don't know. Um, go, you got you to do some work, you want to get in shape. Listen, there's things to do if you want to grow spiritually, but I want to say something right now and never forget it, all right? Write this down. I want you to write this down and remember this. Watch this on the screen here. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth is not about doing, it's about being. Spiritual growth is not simply about doing things. It's not simply about reading your Bible, check, going to church, check, praying, check, and giving, check. It's about becoming. Spiritual growth is not about doing. It's about becoming. Becoming what? Becoming who God says you are. Becoming who God says you are in Christ. See, the moment that you give your life to Jesus, you get a new status. You get a new identity. And so you might be sitting there and you're thinking, Mark, I don't know who God says I am. Mark, I've been going to church for a while and I've never actually heard who God says that I am. Mark, I'll be honest, I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't feel like a lot's changed. Mark, I'll be honest, you say I'm free. The Bible says I'm free. I don't feel free. What does God say about me? Who does God say that I am? Here's what I want to do today. I want our church to see five things from Romans chapter 8 that God says is true about you in Christ today. I want us to see five things. It's true about every single follower of Jesus in the room. Not true by degrees, but true absolutely 100%. God has said this is true about you because of what Jesus has done. And I have been at church long enough to know some of you, the entire time I'm preaching, sit and argue with me. Right? The entire time I'm preaching, there are people who sit and argue with me. Well, that's not true about me. Oh, well, I could never do that. I don't know who he thinks he is. Oh, I don't really think I could ever do this. And you, or, and you just argue the entire time. Would you not do that today? Instead, instead, let me just give you a radical thing to do today. Believe what God says. Okay, now you're going to have a hard time with that. That's way easier to say than it is to do, Right? I promise. So here's what I want to do. I haven't prayed yet, and I, don't, and I didn't pray because I wanted to pray right now. I want to pray for you because I am convinced that if you and I would believe who God says we are in Christ, we would see significant change and power in our lives. I promise. I promise. All right? So I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray. God, we are about to talk about things right now that are true. And we do not make them true. They are true in Christ. They are true because Jesus lived a perfect life. He kept the law in our place. And he died a sinless death. He was the perfect once for all sacrifice for sin. And three days later, he came back to life. And when he came back to life, it showed that you accepted his life and his sacrifice for the sin of humanity. And in Christ... Every promise of God is yes and amen. In Jesus, we are who you say that we are. And God, I I know the enemy hates what we're about to talk about. He's going to try to distract people. He's going to try to get people not to listen. I pray that we would listen like never before. I pray we'd believe like we never have. I pray we'd lean in more than we've ever done it in church. Because God, I need this. And our church needs this. We need to see who you say we are and live out of that reality. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.
Amen. I want you to see five things that are true about every single follower of Jesus in the room today, all from Romans chapter 8. If you're a note taker, write these down. If you uh, have the app, you can open it up. It's in there ready to go. But five things I want us to see today from Romans chapter 8 that God says are true about you in Christ. First thing that God says, first status that God gives to every follower of Jesus is God can't be for me any more than he is right now. Try to make these personal so you can take these and say them about yourself maybe this week when you feel like you've let somebody down or something like that. I'm making these personal for you, all right? God can't be for me any more than he is right now. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Skip down and let's read verses 31 through 34. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And did you see what he says there in verse 1? There is when. When is there no condemnation? Right now. Right now, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for your sin right now. There is no condemnation for your sin tomorrow, and there is no condemnation for your sin every day as long as you've got breath in your lungs, not because we're worthy of it, but because Jesus was condemned in my place. See, when, do you remember when Jesus is on the cross? And when Jesus is on the cross, he cries out at one point, Father, why have you forsaken me? You remember what I'm talking about, right? Listen, in that moment when Jesus screams that from the cross, the reason that he screams that is because Jesus on the cross in that moment, he's like a sponge. And what, what he's absorbing in that moment, in that moment when Jesus screams that, Jesus is absorbing every ounce of the wrath of God against my sin and yours. Jesus has taken on himself every ounce of the wrath of God against humanity. In that moment, Jesus is utterly condemned, so you never will be. That's good news, right? Jesus is absolutely condemned so that you never will be. Right now and all of eternity, there is no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now here's the question you ought to be asking because I get this question a lot. If that's true, why do I feel guilty? Because I feel guilty. If there's no condemnation, why do I feel condemnation for something I did a year ago? And there are a lot of different answers for that, and I don't have time for all those answers, but I will say one. Mark, why do I still feel guilty? Why do I still feel condemned? I can say at least this on the authority of God's word to every single person in this room. That guilt, that condemnation that you feel, that is not from God. That is not from God. How do I know that? Because God does not deal in guilt. God does not deal in condemnation. God deals in conviction. You know the difference? See, conviction points out my sin and then drives me to the cross so that I can have forgiveness. Condemnation points out my sin and says, you're hopeless, there's nowhere to go. The devil deals in guilt and condemnation. God deals in conviction and new life. See, one of the reasons we have a problem with this, one of the reasons we have a problem believing that God is 100% 
for me, that I absolutely have the approval of the God of the universe. One of the reasons we have a hard time with this is because we waste a lot of our lives trying to get the approval of people that just don't matter ultimately, right? Some of us, we're, some of us can't think about what God says about us. We're too worried about what our coach says, too worried about what my boss says, too worried about what my parents say, too worried about what my kids say, too worried about what my friends say, my, co- my co-workers say. I'm too worried about trying to fit in, trying to get into this group, trying to get more likes, more followers, more retweets, when the whole time God is for you, right? Listen. There is nothing you can do today to get God to love you more than he does in this moment. Did you know that? You can go home and read the New Testament in Greek. You won't know anything it says, but you'll look real smart. God won't love you any more than he does right now. Why? Because God loves you. We're going to see it in a minute in Christ. First thing that God says, first thing that God says about us that we need to see is God can't be, any, God can't be for me any more than he is right now. God is totally for me. God is absolutely in my corner. God absolutely approves of me. That's good news, right? Some of y'all don't look like it. Number two, number two, second status God gives is Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. Look at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. Have you ever said that about yourself? If you're a follower of Jesus, say it out loud right now. Say it out loud. Jesus is in me. Say it. Jesus is in me. What that means is there is more power under the hood of your life than you know. And the reason that power is in your life is because God doesn't save us and leave us alone to try to figure out life on our own. What he does is better. He moves in. He moves into your life by the person of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in you right now. So there is power to break that addiction. There is power to break that struggle. There is power to love your enemies and to pray for them. That got the clapping stopped. There is power. (laughs) There's power to forgive. There is more power under the hood of your life than you realize. Why? Because Christ is in me. It's not on the screen, but verse 11 says this. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you right now. Christ is in me. Number three, third status that God gives, third thing that God says about every follower of Jesus is I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Look at verses 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Of God. That word Abba Father, Abba literally means daddy. See, a lot of us we have a hard time with this because maybe your earthly dad wasn't the best model, wasn't the ideal thing that a dad ought to be. And listen, I want to say to every one of us today, if your dad was not, if your dad, if your earthly dad let you down, or if your earthly dad was always there, he did everything that a dad should have done. There is no earthly dad that can compare to our heavenly father. Our heavenly father is perfect. He is a good good father. See, here's one thing. I, I have three kids. I'm a dad. Here's, here's one thing I know about kids. There's one thing I know about kids. 
The kids are needy, right? Kids need stuff all the time. Like it never stops. From the moment they wake up to the moment kids go to bed, sometimes even in their sleep, they are asking for stuff, right? I mean, it never stops. Dad, can you get me a juice? Dad, can you get me some food? Dad, can you take me here? Dad, can you buy me this? Dad, can you give me some money? Dad, can you take me to the bathroom? Dad, can you clean up what I just did at the bathroom? Dad, can you? Dad, I need this. Dad, I want this. Kids are needy. Right? That felt good. This is why I don't need a counselor. I just come and yell at y'all. Y'all just keep showing up every week. I feel real good. But Kids are needy, and here's what God does. God looks at that, and God wants you and I to be that way with him. See, some of the reason that you don't feel any power from your life, we just did that point, Christ is in you. Why don't I feel any power? Because you figured out how to do life without God. You're just trying to deal with your struggles on your own. You're, You're just trying to deal with your addiction on your own. You're just trying to deal with that struggle on your own. You know why some of you feel like, you know why some of you feel like God is distant? You just figured out how to do life without him. You just wake up and you go to work and you come home and you do your thing and then you go to bed and you show up and you come to church next Sunday and you sing about a guy that you barely know, but God wants to be your father. Isn't this how Jesus told us to pray? Remember the Lord's Prayer? How's it start? Our what? Father in heaven. See, when you're hurting, your heavenly father doesn't want you to try to figure it out. He wants you to go to him. When you got a need, he wants you to go to him. When you're lonely, he wants you to go to him. When you're excited, he wants you to celebrate with him. Your heavenly father wants you to draw near to him. He's so near that you can call him daddy. The devil says you can't do that. Maybe even what you did a week ago says you can't do that. But on the authority of what Jesus has done, God has entered into a relationship with every follower of Jesus so that you are his son, you are his daughter, and he is your dad. That's how close he is. Fourth thing that God says, fourth fourth status that God gives Fourth thing, all things work together for my good. All things work together for my good. So in Christ, God can't be, any, God can't be for me any more than he already is. In Christ, Jesus is in me. In Christ, I am a child of God. In Christ, all things are working out for my good. Verse 828. And we know that for those who love God, we're coming back to that. For those who love God, what? All things work together for the good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What's God's purpose for your life? God's purpose for your life is to make you like Jesus. That's the whole point of the series. God wants to transform and change you and to make us like Jesus. And so God says he's going to work all things together for good. So that means that the darkest moments of your life are not wasted. That means that the most exhilarating moments of your life aren't just for themselves. God wants to take our entire lives, work it all together so that we can look in the rearview mirror of our lives and see how God used it to make us like Jesus. I mean, it's hard to see all things working together for good when you're in the middle of it, but on the other side, you can see God's hand, can't you? Have you ever done that? Right? Didn't think you were going to make it. Look back and God brought you through. That's because God promises to work all things together for the good for, look at this, those who love God. Let's talk about that. This is a real exclusive statement. I know we've got it on 
pillows with deers drinking out of streams and coffee cups and things like that. And we say it to everybody, Oprah loves it. God just works everything together for the good. Oprah doesn't talk that way. That's all I got. But, but, we quote this verse to everything. God works everything together for the good. That's not all it says. God works everything together for the good for those who love God. This is real exclusive. We are not talking about karma. Because there is no such thing as karma. If I see one more Christian put something about karma on line, I am going to sin. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to sin. Bad. This is not stuff just working out. This is not things falling into place. It's better than that. This is a dad in heaven who so loves his kids that he sees you and says, I swear on myself I will work this for good. For those who love God. So do you love God? Are you a child of God? Can can you look at this and say, that's true of my life. Say, I want it to be true of my life. Listen, if you can't say that that's true of your life today, if you, if you don't have a relationship with God today, he brought you here so that today he can save you and you can say, all things are working for the, together for the good because I have a good father in heaven. So if you're outside of Jesus today, you need to run to him in just a minute. You need to run to him today. Fifth and final thing, last thing I want us to see this morning is that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Death can't, sickness can't, trials can't, tribulation can't, the devil can't, height, depth, height, depth can't. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why not? Why can't God send you a text message and say, listen, it's not working out. It's real complicated. Let's just be friends. It's not you, it's me. Why can't God do that? Why can't anything separate you from the love of God? Because let's be honest, let's be honest. If you were God, wouldn't you have stopped loving you a long time ago? Right, right. Why can't anything separate you from the love of God? Because listen to verse 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Where is the love of God for you and me? In Christ Jesus. So God loves you in Christ. Do you realize that if God were to stop loving you, the only way he could do that is he'd have to stop loving his son. If God were to abandon you, the only way that God could do that is because is if God abandoned his son. Why? Because you are united to Jesus. That is where you live. That is your new status. That is who you are. You are his Child, all things are working for your good. God is for you, and he is so for you. He can't be for you any more than he is in this moment. Jesus is in you. That is your new status 
as a child of God, as a son or a daughter of God. And listen to me, listen to me. If you don't get this, if you don't build your status, your worth, your identity on who you are in Christ, you will build it on something else, and that is always a losing battle. Always is. If you don't build your, your status, your identity, and worth on who you are in Christ, you will build it on who your coach says you are, your parents say you are, your employer says you are, your GPA says you are. You will build it on something that you drive, something that you live in, something that you can buy, how much money you have in the bank. That is always a losing battle. Because if you are building your status based on how popular you are at school, everyone in your school could change their mind about you today, but God's verdict stands on you forever. If you are building your identity on something you can drive, what you drive can break down today, but God's verdict over your life stands forever. He is for you yesterday, today, and today. If you are building your life, your status, your identity, your worth on your GPA, on, on who, who your parents say you are, if you are building your life on anything other than Jesus, you are fighting a losing battle. One more thing and I'm done. One more thing and I'm done. A couple months ago, I listened to a sermon from a pastor in North Carolina. His name's J.D. Greer. A couple of, a couple of us went to a, church, a conference at his church this week. He pointed out something to me I've never heard before. Pointed out something to me I've never heard before. In, in, in the baptism of Jesus, when Jesus is being baptized, if you know this story, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to show you, show you some verses here in just a second. But when Jesus is being baptized, Jesus is baptized, he's brought out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove, and God says something from heaven. Does anybody know what God says? This is my beloved son. What is God doing when he says that? God is telling Jesus and the whole world, this is this man's identity. More than anything else, more than what he does, the most important thing about this man, he is my son. God wanted Jesus over the next three years because over the next three years, Jesus would be betrayed. Jesus would be talked about. Jesus would be gossiped about. The people who said, Jesus, I'm with you to the end, they abandoned him and Jesus would be tortured to death. God wanted him at the beginning to never forget who he was. And then after Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 4, does anybody know where Jesus goes? Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil tempts Jesus continuously for 40 days. And every single time the devil tempts Jesus, the devil starts the temptation this way. If you're the son of God. Why does he do that? Because Satan wanted Jesus to forget his status. Satan wanted Jesus to forget his identity. Listen, there is nothing that the devil is going to try to attack and get you to forget more than who you are in Christ. He's been doing it the whole time this morning. There's no way that's true about me. There's no way that God loves me that way. There's no way that kind of power lives in me. And I just believe that God brought you today so that he could simply tell you, you don't live there anymore. You are brand new and you are who your heavenly father says you are. So would you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray this morning. I just want to ask you a quick question here as we're in this spirit of prayer, as we're drawing our service to a close. Dana's going to come in just a moment. But who are you living for? Or what are you living for?
Is it the opinion of a friend? Is it the approval of another human being? Is it some kind of status so that when people see you drive that, they'll think that, you're, that you've made it? If you are living for or building your life on anything other than who you are in Christ, church, you are fighting a losing battle. And today, God says, you don't live there anymore. You don't live there anymore. You are who I say you are. And that's where you'll find acceptance. And that's where you'll find approval. And that's where you'll find everything that your soul is searching for. In Christ. If you're here today, just by raising your hand, just by raising your hand, if you're here today and you'd say, Mark, God spoke to me today, and Mark, I'm living for something else that I don't need to be living for. I want to I I live for Christ. I want him to be back at the center of my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Mark, I'm living for something I don't need to be living for. I'm living for the approval of other people. I'm living for something I don't need to be living for. Just shoot your hand up right now. There's a hand right there. There's a hand right there. Anybody else? Say, Mark, I got the wrong priorities right now. I need to get Jesus back at the center. Anybody else, just raise your hand. God bless you. Jesus, our prayer today is that you would be the thing that defines us. Jesus, so, so often, it, it, it's way too easy. It's way too easy for us to come in here, sing some songs, and try to figure out life on our own. You are calling us to a better way today. You are calling us to live as your sons and daughters, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit to live from your approval, not to try to work hard to get it. We've already got it. To know with confidence that if we are yours, you are working all things together for the good. So, Father, I pray that this week, wherever we are, schoolwork, home, wherever, God, that the thing that would define us, the thing that would be at the forefront of our minds more than ever before is who we are in Christ. And as you continue to pray today, I just want to ask you, are you in Christ? Are you saved? Are you a follower of Jesus? Do you absolutely know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ lives in you and he's forgiven you of all of your sins? Because I want to tell you that's what you were made for. You were made to know God. You were made to have a relationship with him. And if right now, today, you're here, you're not a Christian, and something is happening inside of your heart, something's happening inside of your life, and something inside of you says, I need Jesus. I want a second chance. I want a new start. I want to know God. I want to tell you today, don't ignore that. In fact, right now, I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want Jesus to save you, all you need to do today is ask him. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus has already done everything necessary for you to have a relationship with God? You don't have to try to be a better person and improve and come to church for the next couple of years, and then maybe God will forgive you. No, you come just as you are. So if you want to be saved today, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today, right now, for the first time. I want you to be my Lord. I want to live for you. Thank you for saving me and forgiving me. I give my life to you today for the first time. In your name. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know, Jesus always wants us to make our relationship with him public. He never wants us just to keep it private, just a little personal thing. He always wants us to, to, to go public with it. And so today, if you just ask Jesus Christ to save you, 
I'm going to count to three, and I'm just going to ask you, and as soon as I say three, to raise your hand high in the air just so that I can pray for you. We've got a Bible we would love to give you and some other things. and uh, I just want to pray for you and celebrate what God has done in your life. So if today you ask Jesus to come into your life and save you today for the first time, just raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you today. Today is the day you want to be saved. Raise your hand high. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for grace and for new life and that we are who you say we are. God, we celebrate it. We, want, we own it. We want to live in it today. And so God, as Dana comes, God, as we receive our offering, we talk about next steps. Father, I pray that Jesus, what you've done here today would not stay here, but God, it would continue. In your name we pray, amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's give God praise. And I'll tell you what, as Dana is coming on the back of that card, I know she'll share some too, but listen, guys, we want to know what God did in your life today. So take out your connection cards right now as you're making any preparations for the offering. Let us know how we can pray for you. Check the box that may indicate the decision you made. But after we are in God's presence, there's always a response. So we'd love to see what God did in your life today. Dana, go ahead. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Dana Hall, and I'm the Next Steps Coordinator here at Summit. To just talk a little bit more about what Mark's talking about when you guys came in, you were given what we call a connection card. If today's your first time, we have a free gift for you. It's a CD with a few songs from our worship band. And um, you just need to fill out that card and take it to the welcome area that's to the right just as you exit the auditorium. If today's your second time or you've been coming for a while and you just really like to get connected or you have some questions or you'd like to meet Mark, then just stick around after service for just a few minutes and come up here to the front to the right. And uh, Mark can give you a free gift. But if you can't stick around for that, then uh, you can fill out that card. And you can take it to the welcome area. And Melanie can give you that free gift. And it's a gift certificate to Cole River Grill. So, so you want to be sure to pick that up. Uh, for everybody else, that connection card is still a great tool to use. Um, you still have a, a next step, even though you might not think that you do. Maybe you've not been baptized. Maybe you are not in a group. Maybe you're not serving, and maybe that's something that um, that you would like to do. Maybe you don't know what your next step is. I would love to help you figure that out. So just make some kind of indication on that card, and I would love to contact you and have a conversation with you. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray with you. We would love to be in prayer for whatever is going on in your life. Uh, we as a staff pray for all of those prayer requests, and uh, we have a, an amazing prayer team. So um, so if you have something going on that you, you want us to join you in prayer about, then please indicate that on that card. So now is time for our, um, for our offering, so if our ushers will get in place. And so while they're getting in place, um, I want to talk to you guys about something that goes on every week that your offering goes towards, and that is right now, while we have met in here this morning, Summit Kids has been going on. And so um, that's not just a time that, uh, that we get rid of our kids for an hour. But um, it is a time where those children are back there learning about. A group of volunteers back there that puts a lot of time into everything that happens back there each week. If you're a parent and you have a kid back there, I encourage you to ask those kids what they learned today. And you will truly be amazed at how their life is being impacted for the hour that they're back there. So I just want you to know that, um, that what you're given each day or each week 
is making that happen. And here at Summit, uh, the next generation matters now. And those kids back there, they are our next generation. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for this service. Thank you for everyone that was here today. Lord, I pray that um, that we are all leaving changed in a way that, uh, that will overflow from us. I thank you for everyone that um, is giving here today, whether it be online or through the app. Lord, I just pray that, um, that you continue to work through us and that, um, that we will all be shining lights for you this week and that there is something that comes from us that brings someone to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So while everybody's taking up the offering, there's just a couple things that I want to remind you guys about. We started giving out the Operation Christmas Child boxes last week. Those are due back by November the 13th, but you can start bringing those back anytime. And then next Sunday is our fall festival, so there will be trunk or treat back going on in kids while uh, while we are in here meeting, and we're going to have family pictures that's happening next week, and there's going to be some fall foods outside, so make sure you invite somebody, bring somebody with you. But something exciting that I wanted to talk to you about that we're going to start doing next week is something that we're going to call the Hunger Games. And Second Chance Mission, there it is. Second Chance Mission is uh, doing a special project for Thanksgiving, and they want to make food boxes for families that otherwise would not have a Thanksgiving dinner. So, because we like to compete here at Summit, we decided to turn it into a game. So, you will donate food based on your group. Your group will be your district. Whatever district brings in the most food will win a prize. So we're going to start taking up food for that starting next Sunday. Stay tuned to social media and you'll see a list of things like the top 10 most wanted food items for those baskets. When you turn your food in, just like with the Easter eggs, make sure you mark it and indicate what group that you're collecting food for. That's it, you guys. You're dismissed.